Oh, hey, what's up? You're tuned into From the Ground Up, the podcast where culinary entrepreneurs share their stories. I'm your host, Danielle Berg. On today's show, I'm talking to the chef and owner of Arden in New York City, Ryan Laurie. Ryan was the executive chef at Charlie Palmer in New York City for five years prior to opening the doors to his own restaurant with his business partner, Adam Bordenaro, in March of 2019. So welcome, Ryan. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me, Danielle. It's a pleasure to be here. I got to give a shout out to our friend Scott Selvin for introducing us. Scotty boy. Hopefully he listens. We'll see. So I'm thrilled to be talking to you. We got the chance to speak prior to this interview, and I learned a lot of interesting things about what you're doing at Arden, but I do want to kind of get started from the ground up. So how did you get started in the restaurant industry originally? Yeah, starting in the industry usually happens, you know, in the industry, you start somewhere, you know, you're a busboy, a dishwasher or whatever. And that's kind of the path I took. My uncle owned a restaurant and bar in uh, North Brunswick. And when I was 13 or 12 years old, he uh, gave me the opportunity to come work for him over the summer. And I did that and I was, uh, I started as a bus boy and, and then worked my way up to a bar manager after, you know, working there for five years. So I was a bartender and I really loved interacting with uh, the guests and, you know, having fun. And it was something that, you know, I always wanted to own a restaurant when I was a, really young. You might have been eight or nine years old and you'd always see these movies with uh, the restaurant or club owners being these really cool people. So it was kind of something that I wanted to do, but I didn't know I wanted to be a chef or uh, in the kitchen at that point. Eventually, my uncle said, you know, I as I grew up a little bit and I was about 17 or 18 years old, he said, you know, if you actually really want to open up your own restaurant at some point, you're going to have to work every position in the restaurant. So he said, you got the front of the house down pretty good. Now let's see if you can do the back. So he, he, he showed me where the dishwasher was and, and I jumped right in and was a dishwasher for one of the summers. And that was kind of the introduction of the kitchen to me. And it's tough. It was really tough, but it was fun. I started to, some of the cooks back there started to give me some little jobs to, to help them for service. You know, I started getting better and better at it and I enjoyed it a lot. And my mom would let me uh, cook dinner for the family once in a while. And I started really getting a passion for, for cooking, but that's where it all kind of started for me. I ended up going to uh, West Virginia university. I played some baseball there. And then from there, well, I was studying business management and minoring in entrepreneurship with the same kind of dream of opening some kind of hospitality focused uh, restaurant or whatever in, in the future. And I graduated from there, ended up going to culinary school out in Southern California. And after the first day of being in the, in the program, it was just, it was a blast. I fell in love with it. I treated it just like a sport. So it was, it was very competitive to me and I just, I, I loved it. I loved it. It was a lot of fun. So I, when I was out in California, I was working as a dishwasher at a country club, 
while cooking in culinary school. And I was in a kitchen for about two and a half years or three years, seven days a week for more than 14, 16 hours a day, whether I was in school all day or school and work. I was just completely immersed in it. And, you know, I think that's where I really fell in love with it and, and, and grew as a chef or a cook. So that was at the age of 21, 22? Yeah, exactly. So I, I graduated from school and then I decided, you know what, I'm going to give this a shot and, and go to culinary school because I really, I really enjoy it. And, and that's where that all happened. A lot of people talk about if it's necessary nowadays to go to culinary school. A lot of people say or think that you can kind of get your culinary chops just by working in a restaurant. Do you think that that's true or you think going to culinary school really is valuable and in what way? Yeah. Nowadays or before, I don't think it was necessary to be a great cook to just work in a restaurant and not have to go to culinary school. I mean, most of the, most of your learning comes from working in different kitchens. You know, obviously working in a Michelin star kitchen, you're going to learn some really uh, special techniques and stuff like that. Uh, working in like a uh, diner or whatever, you're going to learn how to be quick and fast and, and do volume. So it's all about experiencing different kitchens because every chef has its, has their own own way of doing something. And you kind of mold yourself after working in different kitchens after a while and taking little bits and pieces from each chef that you learn from to create that kind of chef that you want to be. And the, the toughest part is finding who you are as a chef. That took me, you know, a couple of years of doing my own thing when I was get, getting executive chef positions, like being creative and being your own uh, chef at the time and not using other people's ideas and stuff. So it was kind of, it take, that takes time, but working in a kitchen in different kitchens for a while, it's not necessary to go to culinary school. I would say that the thing that would help a cook go to the next level to be more business oriented and, and know how to cost things and make schedules and all that kind of stuff. That really helps, you know, going to college in some sort of fashion, whether you're going to business school or you're in culinary school, learning the business side of the, of the industry. And you're talking about your executive chef positions, you know, in those roles at places like Charlie Palmer, when can you really like flex your creative muscles? Is that when you're creating daily specials or how does that work? Yeah, the good thing about working with Charlie Palmer, you know, he, he really let me take a lot of freedom and really come up with everything. So when I was working for Charlie, I was working at, at a steakhouse in Midtown. And his goal for his steakhouse was, was to be a little bit more than a steakhouse and really bring in that new American cooking, whether it's seasonal and local produce um, being used on the menus instead of just your typical porterhouse and cream spinach and mashed, mashed potatoes. It was kind of more elevated to the point where I ended up doing a tasting menu at a steakhouse. You know, we were doing five or seven course tasting menus in a steakhouse where I was creating all the menus, changing them daily. And also when it came to the actual menus, there were, there were all my ideas and creativity. I would you know, we would have four menu changes a year with the season, which is not something you would typically see at a steakhouse. But Charlie really gave me the opportunity to be creative, to find myself as a chef and serve guests what I figured was a elevated steakhouse. You know, we, we would have, of course, those staples available, but we really did a good job of 
implementing that seasonal local feel to a steakhouse where I would go to the Union Square Farmer's Market three times a week. And that's where I was getting my produce from and creating my tasting menus based off of what was at the market. So that's great. You have a lot of creative freedom in that role. Yeah. What roles did you hold before that position? I know that was your most recent job prior to opening up your own place. But after you went to culinary school and you worked at those jobs while you were in culinary school, where'd you go after? Yeah. So when I was in culinary schools out in Southern California, so I was first, uh, I was working as a dishwasher at a country club and worked my way up after it was probably about six or eight months to a junior sous chef level where my chef really pushed me and he saw that I had a lot of potential and, you know, I worked my way up pretty quick there and I was there for about two and a half years. And then he sent me off to all his, you know, all of his friend chefs in the area and near LA and stuff. And I was working in a bunch of different restaurants in LA and then decided to come back East after that to work in the city you know, where it's the food capital of the world and some of the best restaurants in the world are in in New York. So I decided that's where I was going to really push myself to be. And that's where I wanted to open a restaurant eventually. So, you know, I, I worked, I've worked every position in the back of the house. And I really believe like that's, that's the way to go. Because if you can't, if you don't, if you've never worked as a dishwasher, you'll never be able to, to, to manage a dishwasher properly as a chef. So that's that's some key advice that my uncle gave me that I like to share with my my employees or staff is that, you know, working all positions in a restaurant is really important and it's just it, it makes you a better cook, chef, busser, server, whatever. I, I I truly believe in that. It's kind of an old school way of thinking, but it it really benefits you in the end. So what kind of restaurant did your uncle have in New Brunswick? Yeah, it was uh, in New Brunswick, New Jersey. It, it was more of a sports bar, very simple stuff. But again, you know, it doesn't matter where you work. You always learn something. There's always something that you can learn. Like if I, if I went back and cooked in a diner tomorrow, I would, I would be kind of out of shape going into one of those kitchens because of the amount of volume, how quick it is, and that kind of that kind of uh, scenario. So it's like, you'll, I would learn something new next time working at a diner, you know what I mean? So there's always little bits and pieces that, you know, I like to carry with me throughout my career because it was, there was all these little like gems that you learn in, in, in different types of kitchens. Yeah, it's like the, the Ryan Laurie manual. Right? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> so did you grow up in New Jersey? I grew up in New Jersey. I grew up in Bergen County ended up moving to Connecticut in fifth grade. And then my family moved back to the Jersey shore, my freshman year of college. So Jersey's home to me. And I live there currently now. With your wife and your, your child, right? Yes. So I have a wife and a 19 month old girl, Joey. And it's, it's really uh, changed my life. It's in so many good ways. It's, it's, it's amazing. I, I love being a dad. It's, it's the best thing in the world. Is it hard balancing the restaurant lifestyle and having a family? Yeah. Balancing a relationship in the beginning of my career in the city was, was difficult. You know, it's very demanding. And being a sous chef or a cook 
you know, you're working crazy hours and you get no time off and they, they ask of everything for you. And, you know, whatever you have left at the end of the day is all you can really give to your relation, your, your partner. So if your partner is very understanding and, and, and supportive, like you're okay. But the, it, it's really tough to find those people. And I found Carly and I'm lucky and happy. She's always been supportive of what I'd like to do. And, you know, it paid off. I became a chef in the city and then I ended up opening up Arden. Has your daughter ever been to your restaurant? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are the best nights. You know, we had a we had an open kitchen and a chef's counter. So my wife would surprise me once in a while with Joey and they'd sit at the chef's counter and it was just like the most surreal feeling to be able to cook for your little baby girl and and watch and let her watch you do what you love to do at the same time. It, it was it's a beautiful thing. It really is. That's so cute. She's going to grow up to be so cool. Yeah. Sitting at the chef counter. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. When did you and your partner, Adam, decide to open up your own restaurant? Yeah. So that, it's pretty. It's a pretty funny story. Adam and I both met working for the Charlie Palmer Group about seven years ago. And we were opening up the steakhouse and Charlie sent Adam over as he was one of the corporate chefs or a junior corporate chef for the group at the time to help us open up the restaurant. And after the first couple of days of working together, it was like, we're, we're going to be good friends. And, you know, this is going to be a relationship that's going to last a while. So, you know, we stayed in touch throughout, throughout the whole time while I was at the uh, Charlie Palmer group. And then when he moved on to be corporate chef of fig and olive, we would always stay in touch. And I ended up hurting my back and needing surgery, which took me out of the kitchen for about five months uh, while I was with Charlie. And during that time, I had really started thinking like, it, it's time for me to, to open up a restaurant and do this on my own. And, you know, one of the conversations after Adam was finished with service and, you know, it was late at night and we're, we're on speakerphone just talking about the future. And I told him singing about doing this and he actually felt the same way. And we ended up hanging up the phone and my wife looks at me and she goes, what are you crazy? Why don't you call him back? And why don't you guys do it together? And I was like, Oh, he got a point there. So I called Adam back. And I was like, you know, my wife just told me, you know, we should probably do this together. It would be better to do this as a team. And from there, we, we just started right off the next day, you know, it was like, create the business plan, get that potential investors, start finding spaces and all that kind of stuff. And we went right in. And it took us about a year and a half to find a space so it was a major sacrifice we weren't working we put all of our time into finding the space and uh the funding to open up arden and and it took about a year and a half we had a really tough time some deals with uh spaces went through uh we were in the middle of a lease negotiation for six months and then that deal fell through and then we finally found 33 West A Street in uh, Greenwich Village. And, you know, the landlords were super nice, uh, very supportive and ready to make a deal. And we ended up uh, locking in the deal. And Adam and I, we, we owned 64% of the company. We funded most of it ourselves. We got a couple of, uh, we have a total of nine other investors who are family and friends. And we designed it. We created the concept. We did all the interior design, everything with our blood, sweat, tears. Adam did is great and handy and did a lot of the construction. We demoed. We did all the demo uh, demolition ourselves. 
uh, just me and him. So, you know, we, we, we wow. really took this project on ourselves and it, it was just, it was a dream come true when it finished and we finished and we had a restaurant with chairs and tables inside and a beautiful bar and it just all came together really nice. And the trouble is some, sometimes when you have a vision is, is actually getting that vision on paper or, or whatever. You know, we were really able to be successful in, in staying true to what we wanted and getting the, the finished product to look exactly like that. So we were really happy about it. That's great. Can you talk about what the concept of Arden is? So we created Arden to be a way for us to do what we love to do, which is fine dining, Michelin quality food in a in a atmosphere and ambiance of something that's a little more us you know like we had a chef's counter with an open kitchen like i said that we were that we had for tasting menus we had a 35 seat dining room that was like custom tables banquettes and chairs everything you know it was just beautiful dining room and then in the front we had a, a craft cocktail bar where we had mixologist chris burke was working directly with me and Adam to to create his cocktail. So his cocktail menu was based on what we had in in the kitchen, and it was all seasonal and changed twice a month as uh, twice a season, just like we did in the kitchen. So it was it was exactly what we wanted. We'd have we'd have our own playlist of like it was hip hop playing. So everything in there was fine dining, except for the feel of it you know, in the ambiance, you know, you felt like you were in your own home or like having fun. It was never supposed to be this white glove kind of experience, but the, the service was really polished and, and they knew everything and very smart could tell you where the scallops came from that day. All these things that you would find in any Michelin rated restaurant, our servers would be able to execute. And when it came to the food, we were serving incredible food. It was, uh, the menus would change twice a season. So that was a lot of work on the kitchen team. But, you know, we were using the freshest seasonal local product that you could use at its peak of the season. So, you know, it was new American cuisine. And, yeah, it was it was everything that we wanted. So you opened one year ago in March, yeah. right? Yeah. Our opening date was March 8th, 2019. We, we had just gotten over that major hurdle in in the restaurant industry is which is surviving for one year and we did that and we celebrated our year anniversary and then a week later we were uh shut down by the government because of uh COVID-19. It's crazy and you guys made it into the Michelin Guide in your first year right? Yeah yeah so the Michelin Guide comes out every year. We were only open for about six months before the guide got printed. And we made it into the Michelin Guide with achieving a full plate, which is not quite a star, but it definitely puts you on the map. And only being open for six months in the Michelin Guide, already already inspectors coming in to, to view the place and critique the food and all that kind of stuff was pretty amazing. And that was our goal from day one was to eventually get a Michelin star and be in the guide. And to be able to do that in six months was quite an honor. And it just put us in a place where we knew we were, were, were onto something and we knew we were doing the right thing. So it was really amazing to achieve that huge honor. Congrats. It's exciting. Yeah. 
Yeah. So when you receive something from the Michelin guy like that, it's it's pretty amazing. Basically, the full plate means you're using fresh ingredients, carefully prepared, and it's a good meal in a in a comfortable restaurant. And you know, they said things like things were cooked perfectly and don't miss this and all these kind of things. And it was just like, wow, you know, they really appreciated what we were doing and we're, we're definitely on track to get that star. So it was kind of one of those things where it's like, all right, next year we're, we're, we're definitely getting that star, no matter what, and everything has to be elevated. You have, we have to dig deeper. We got to figure it out and get that star the following year. And COVID-19 happened and we just, we'll see what happens with the guide this year because no one really knows with covid but it's really a shame that you know this year is kind of on hold and we'll see how that goes so i know obviously with the pandemic it's clearly affected your business and tons of other businesses across the country and across new york city but i know you and your partner launched a new arm of your business in the middle of march called arden at home Yep. Can you talk about that? How does it work? So Adam and I, you know, once we got the news about COVID in Seattle, I think it was like the first week of March where it was starting to spread and we saw that they were closing all the restaurants in, in Seattle. Adam and I knew we needed to start thinking quickly because it was only a matter of time until this was going to happen to the city. So we started brainstorming and we came up with Arden at Home. At first, we called it Doomsday Dinner because, you know, it was kind of like Doomsday for restaurants. It was the end of restaurants, we felt. And, you know, we were dressing up in suits and a bunny mask to really get our name out there. But we we now change it over to Arden at Home. It's basically restaurant quality food at your house. So traditional takeout and delivery. The food that you're getting has been has been fully cooked and ready to go when it's at the restaurant still. By the time it gets picked up by the delivery guy and gets to your to your house, you're looking at something that's been in a car for about another half an hour, and now you got overcooked, soggy, whatever food, and it's just not something that we were going to offer. Since day one of opening Arden, we never, ever did takeout or wanted to do takeout food because we knew that our food would not travel well. And a lot of it has to do with presentation and and the freshness of things. So we said, that's not going to ever happen. But when this happened, we decided, you know, we have to think about a way to be able to serve Arden in someone's home. So we, we did a bunch of testing, we figured it out. But we, we, we designed a meal kit that was going to be seven courses or seven different dishes that you would literally heat up in your oven at home and it would come out just like it would come out at Arden. What we do is we do all the hard work here. So when it comes to a salad dressing, we, we have it all bottled and portioned perfectly, cleaned lettuces and blanched this and par-cooked pastas and seared off meats and fish that literally go from out of the to-go bag in the, the aluminum tin that it's in just goes right into the oven and everything is mapped out for you. So it's super easy. It takes about 30 minutes to put together seven different dishes with about five minutes of cleanup and you get to plate the food. We show you how to plate it, but we ask you to be creative and have fun with it. You know, it's been a real blast. You know, we got written up by Eater, Wayfair, 
uh, fine dining lovers, which is great. And, you know, we've been doing really good business. Adam and I are the only ones prepping, packaging, and delivering the food. So there's no delivery drivers. It's only us. We wanted to make people feel very comfortable and safe during this time. So we decided we're going to put together something that is super fine dining. Uh, is something that's meant for special occasions at first, birthdays, anniversaries, family uh, get-togethers or whatever, so that we can handle the volume so that we can do this the right way. But we will be eventually, in the next coming weeks, offering another tier of this, which we're going to do about four courses that's going to be more focused on like the weeknight dining instead of just a special occasion. So it's going to be four courses, really simple stuff. Uh, we're going to probably offer it for around $58 a person. Seven course menus, about $150 a person. And we do craft cocktails that we bottle up ourselves and offer wine pairings with that as well. And, you know, we're going to we're gonna really start pushing for volume now that we got our bearing straight and we know what we're doing and we're more comfortable with the volume. And it's tough, you know, it's just us two doing it, yeah. prepping, dishwashing, bartenders, basically, delivery drivers, but it's what we have to do right now. It's such a great idea. What kind of items are on the menu? Yeah, so right now we have our summer menu uh, in play. So we, we start off with a chilled lobster. It's a blanched uh, lobster, chilled lobster with roasted corn salad, salsa verde, and a chili vinaigrette. Then we have heirloom tomatoes from a beautiful farm in Pennsylvania with a burrata smoked tomato vinaigrette. Then we go into our pasta, which is a squid ink cavatelli with crab and a spicy tomato and olive sauce. Then we have a heritage chicken that we uh, debone and make a ballantine uh, and it gets roasted. It's a half chicken that's stuffed with chicken. It's really beautiful uh, with a summer squash and a roasted eggplant puree. And we have our 50-day dry-aged ribeye with roasted potatoes and uh, summer truffle. And then we have Icelandic cod with a caper vinaigrette and haricot vert. And then we finish them off with uh, summer berry cobbler. So it's a lot of food, seven different dishes. And it might seem a little overwhelming, but we give you uh, recipe cards and and we show you exactly how to do it with timing and everything. And it, it, honestly, we've tested it maybe 10 times since we started. And every time it was about 30 minutes of cooking and about five to seven minutes of cleanup. So, you know, if you're getting a traditional meal kit, they, they give you, you know, one dish. It might be a salad. It could take up to 45 minutes to put together a salad because you're doing all of the chopping, the blanching, the making of the vinaigrettes, the cutting, the cooking, this and that. We make it really easy where... In the matter of 30 minutes, you can get seven dishes on the table, plated up and enjoying with your family or your partner. And you're doing all the delivering yourself, right? Yes. So we deliver. Uh, I, I do the deliveries in Manhattan. I do the five boroughs and New Jersey. And Adam is responsible for Westchester, Greenwich and Long Island all the way out to the Hamptons. So as of right now, you know, it's it's. It's a rush. It's a lot of fun. It feels like we're in the middle of service, but you know, we're, we've finished by a specific time and we're on the road and he goes that way. I go that way. And we make our deliveries and, and do it all over again the next day. 
if anyone is listening and wants to place an order, you can, you live in Manhattan or New Jersey, maybe you'll have the chance to meet Ryan yourself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. The, the best thing I can say is that we've done, I would say over 150 delivery. It's got to be closer to 200 deliveries so far, which is amazing. And I would say we've gotten at least 125 emails back from people who've ordered the, the experience. And it's just been incredible emails like, thank you so much for making my birthday during quarantine special or you know, I never thought I could do this myself at home. This was an amazing thing. Getting all this feedback during this time, you know, that that we don't ask for and people feel like they want to go out of their way to write these things to us, it really means a lot. And all this support, and it's just great. You know, a lot of our guests that would come into Arden all the time, they've ordered. We've had a lot of new people that we that never came to Arden before that were planning on coming that ordered from us and had a great time. So it, it's special. Being a chef or being in this in this industry is about making other people happy, and that makes me happy. Like people always ask me, "Oh, do you eat a lot of your food? It's so good." Blah 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 blah. And it's like, no, I don't really enjoy eating my food. I enjoy people eating my food and seeing their faces after they do that. You know, that's that's what makes me do what I do. Such a common thread with all these interviews I've done. It's always about the people. I love yep. that. I was going to ask, do you get a lot of your Arden regulars ordering your Arden at home? But it sounds like you do. Yeah. And we really appreciate that support. We've also seen a lot of new people that, you know, were planning on coming that never got a chance to. It's becoming something that Adam and I are going to focus on regardless of how long this shutdown is and moving forward. You know, we're, we're going to really put some time and thought into this on, on how to scale it and set it up into different markets like in LA and Miami. So Arden at Home is staying long term. Oh, yeah. So are you planning to reopen Arden? Um, as of right now, it's this was our dream to open Arden and, and to say goodbye because of this. It would be too tough and too soon to say, you know, whether a place like Arden would be able to make it during or after this kind of COVID-19. So it's kind of, we're kind of in a place where we're so unsure. We've spoken with our landlord, who's been, again, super supportive, which we're blessed to have because it's not the case for many other restaurateurs that we know, but he is really giving us a lot of time to think and, and figure this out. But, you know, this is going to leave a permanent mark on the restaurant industry in New York City. I don't know if you saw, but a place like McDonald's in Times Square closes down permanently, you have to start thinking about what's happening to the, all the other small businesses in the city. If they can't make it, most of the others can't either. It's, it, this is going to be really, really tough for New York City to get back on its feet in this uh, sector, but I don't know. We're, we're kind of just all waiting you know, to, to figure it out. I'm hoping, I'm crossing my fingers that Someday soon, you'll be able to open up safely. Thank you. What What do you think the future of the industry looks like in in New York? I mean, I, I honestly, it's, it's hard it's to tell. Really hard to tell, but I'll tell you, before before we opened up Arden, you know, the real estate industry in the city for commercial spaces was like it was crazy. There were so many vacant spaces. Now, after this, you're going to see 
something that the city has never seen before. Right now, you're seeing a lot of people trying to do this outdoor dining or 50% capacities at restaurants where our profit margins are, you know, 10%. So I, I just don't see how this is helping any of the restaurants in the city by saying, oh, you can open up outside, but only in front of your own frontage, which, you know, you only have 40 feet and you have to have six feet in between tables. So you can only fit two tables out there. There's only a matter of time where that's just going to be bleeding, slowly bleeding this, the, the restaurant that does that. And even when they move into the indoor dining at 50% capacity, restaurants struggle as it is having the full capacity uh, available to their, their guests. So being only, only allowed to have 50%, I don't see there a way of being profitable or breaking even. I, I see that in, a, in restaurants just losing money at that capacity. But it's also who knows what the, the dining scene is going to look like. How many people are going to want to come back to eat inside restaurants after this? After these spikes in the other states that have been open for a while, how many people are thinking now, I'm not ready to go back out. Um, it, I think it's too soon. I think it was too soon to open up these other uh, restaurants in other states. I think it's too soon for anything. I don't think anyone has an idea of how this is going to go. And I'm not willing to, to put more risk out there and risk the health of my staff. And it's just not the right time. And I don't think it's going to look good in the future for the city because there's not going to be there's going to be a lot of empty spaces because people are not going to be able to make it. And the dining scene in New York City is going to tra- change drastically. It's wild to think about. I'm happy that you have this new arm of your business, which is yeah, exciting and it keeps you busy, right? Yeah, we're, we're super grateful to have this uh, ability to still do what we love, stay busy and, you know, happy to be able to, to deliver these dinners to people who were stuck inside and, you know, had birthdays or anniversaries that couldn't go out and celebrate it, but were able to celebrate it at home, still getting a restaurant quality meal. Definitely. So where can people contact you or follow along to get live (laughs) updates on Arden at Home and Arden in general? Absolutely. So definitely check out our website, ArdenNYC.com. And then you can follow us on Instagram at ArdenNYC. Great stuff. So my last question What's your favorite song right now? Uh, it's super hard. Like I, I'm in, I'm in the car all day, so I'm always listening to music, delivering food, and I'm listening, you know, to Hot 97 or Z100 or whatever. And I'm getting so tired of the music right now because there's no new music. So it's, it, I'm kind of over it. I'm over <laughs> it. I don't have anything good for you right now? All right. If you think of something, you'll have to get back to me. I will. Well, thanks again for coming on From the Ground Up. Absolutely. Thank you, Danielle. Appreciate it.